Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Um, today's episode is a bit of a heavy one. Uh, the, the running theme as you've already seen is that we are starting to open the doorway towards having heavy uh, taboo conversations, anything that's considered to be you know, difficult to talk about. And today, for sure, this one weighs heavy. So I'll start off by issuing a trigger warning for anybody who has experienced or has been around someone who's experienced sexual assault. This, this conversation will weigh heavily. Um, but the aim of it is to destigmatize, to end the shame around it, and also to educate and inform on the tools available for a survivor, especially so in the setting of Kenya. And so it's a necessary conversation, but I do understand if it's something that you're not able to listen or watch on your own, you can have someone with you, you can pause and stop right there. But let's, let's just keep that in mind. We will be, of course, I'm professional, completely professional about it, but it is a conversation we need to have. Um, my guest today is an expert in her field and one of my very, very good friends, and we've worked and known each other for a while now and she sort of works the way our fields work because I'm in uh, sexual reproductive health, obstetrician, gynecologist, so it's always you know talking about more sensitive topics. That's why this becomes so easy for me to do and she handles the mental health aspect because you can't separate the two. The sexual reproductive health and related mental health issues is something that we can't say, okay, we are going to talk about one and not the other. Mm -hmm. And that's why we felt that this conversation was best paired between the two of us so that we can give insights from both perspectives. And I will have her introduce herself, which is something she doesn't want me to do. <laughs> Lakini, break the ice. <laughs> the icebreaker is telling us who you are. Hello, my name is Moire Mothaura. I am a psychotherapist. I work uh, heavily in mental health, uh, assisting people trying to navigate their journey through mental wellness, emotional wellness, uh, their personal growth. I work in trauma, mm -hmm. um, especially with Dr. Claire here. Um, and I also work in the corporate world. Uh, it's a mix of everything, private practice and the corporate world. I am excited to be here. Yay. <laughs> um, I am also Atsi. Yeah. I, I make yep. jewelry. We can and see, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I make jewelry and, yeah. and other Atsi stuff, which I enjoy because it is a good debrief away mm. from mm. Uh, my line of work, which are, at the end of the day, all that heaviness, yeah. uh, it helps dissipate that. Yeah. And thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Thank you for accepting the invitation because that was the first hurdle, no? Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so as always, I'll say, I'll put in all the relevant handles in the description box um, so that you can be able to find each one, each either of us. I'd love to hear um, your comments, see what you have to say on the topic. For those of you who don't want to engage uh, publicly, then you can always send a message, a direct message or email. All that information will be in the description box. Um, so just to uh, head straight into this conversation. Sexual assault, sexual harassment, abuse, defilement, there's so many different words that we mm. use. And in the context of the Kenyan setting specifically, they still um, unfortunately start such huge stigma mm. 
instead of embracing and supporting victims and survivors, we actually shame them. And we, we, this is something we see on the regular because the news comes up that somebody was attacked. Uh, mm -hmm. Most recently that just jumps into my mind is the lady who was attacked in her car mm -hmm. by Boda Boda guys. Oh. And then we blamed her. Mm -hmm. What were you wearing? Why were you in that place? Why were, She was in her car. In her car. In the safety of her car. Mm -hmm. And she's been uh, violated by men. Mm -hmm. But we want to blame her. Mm -hmm. Where do you think that stems from? Especially so in our society. Mm. And, and, and not just our society. Mm. The world over. It's True. a universal problem. True. Um, we are raised in such a way that we believe that the world is, you know, innately good. Mm. Right? So we like to believe in the goodness of everybody. Mm. But then with that, uh, the flip side of that is that we think that every uh, consequence is, a is, is, is as a result of a certain action, action right. Right? right? So w we can say, for example, if you as Claire mm. come and tell me I was beaten up by thugs, mm. uh, what were you wearing? Mm. If I Where say, were you? What yes, time of day was it? Or was my it partner slapped me. Mm. I ask, what did you do or mm. say? Mm. We are raised to believe that, you know, everything has a consequence. Mm. And the world is good such that if something terrible mm. or if a tragedy comes your way, you must have begun the sequence, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is as a result of small little things you did or one big thing, mm. right? Yeah. And so we also don't want to believe if someone uh, accuses you of sexual assault, mm, Claire, mm. and they're reporting it to me. Yeah. I don't want to believe that True. the person I trust True. could be guilty of something like that. Mm. So while I'm listening to the victim, mm. my bias then kicks in. True. And I say, but we all know Dr. Claire. Mm. Dr. Claire is such a decent person. Mm. She's an advocate mm. uh, for sexual wellness. Mm. And, you know, she works with people who've been uh, traumatized before. Yeah. So then how do we believe that Claire is capable of this? True. Right? Yeah. Or we look at the victim. Mm. How much credibility can we lend to the mm. victim? Mm -hmm. So if someone came mm. and reported that they had been assaulted by you as Dr. Claire, mm. The whole country now knows who Dr. Claire is. Yeah. You know, you yeah. post a lot about sexual wellness, mm -hmm. about looking out for survivors. Yeah. So how is it that I am to believe that you assaulted somebody? Exactly. Or that yeah. you raped somebody, yeah. right? So then I will look at it and say, no, it mm. cannot be Claire. Mm. So while I will treat you, I really need to have the backstory. Mm. Almost as though I want this person to have to prove mm. that you really assaulted them. Mm. And then again, how much credibility can I lend to the victim, mm. right? Yeah. So if you as Dr. Claire has been telling us about your sex escapades mm. on social media, mm -hmm. which now you know is like a public marketplace, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I, I one day you see one you day at the clinic this and I'm told to there's a patient, yeah. you know, come and see them mm. and People start saying, you know, your day was coming. Mm. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. You tell us every day about all these men you're seeing, mm. all the, um, the little things you're that having, you wear online, and the little all the outfits. places you're going. Mm -hmm. You're parading yourself. Mm. Did you see your last photo shoot? Mm. What did you think was going to happen? Right, right. Right. So it's easier for us to blame the victim. To blame we the victim. There. Yeah. But we also live in an era of transactional sex, mm -hmm. where um, if they say. 
if you've been saying, my partner or this person I have been seeing gave me this car mm. or they gave me this house mm. or they bought me these shoes, mm. nice shoes by the way, or whatever it is. Yeah. And then one day you come and say, he raped me. Mm. Most people will say, you know, didn't but you know? He was, he was yeah. going to come and collect eventually, yeah. Yeah. right? What were you expecting will happen? Right? right? So, I mean, we have seen things like that. Just recently, I, I saw a post in Narok County mm. of this place, you know, like a, like a resort mm -hmm. where the main, the nice cabin mm. is on a tree. Right. And once you go up, they take off the ladder. And the hotel said right. to ensure that you get your money's worth. Like that was a marketing. I kid you, you not. I will send you the link. Oh. <laughs> okay. And I saw many people applauding that on social media. And then I saw the disgust from other people. Yeah. Right? What do you mean? What? There you go. So if I'm taking you away mm. to a nice place mm. near the Masai Mara or mm. wherever the place mm. was, I mean, it was marketed in one of those county pages. What do you expect? Mm. How did you decide you want to go down the ladder while I have invested in mm. you, right? Mm. So then we come and shame you because didn't you know this was a yeah, transaction? What did you expect? What yeah. are you expecting? You thought things like this happen for free because that's how we end up shaming, actually, yes. the victims. Yes. However, we also have religious and cultural beliefs yeah. that expose us to certain biases. Mm. And they're so deeply ingrained that we have all these cognitive uh, distortions mm. about how life should go about. Mm. So then if you report that your guardian of, or parent mm. has violated you, right? Yeah. I shame you because first of all, how dare you how expose dare you? Yeah the family yeah. to this, yeah. that's one. Mm. Or secondly, why were you sitting next to your father mm. wearing this little mm. purple dress, mm. right? right? So we have all these things, or we say, you know, you have to honor your father. You cannot expose your family's mm. shame. Mm. Uh, it, it, is some, it is something religious people say often, I don't know, it must be in a book somewhere mm. because it's oftenly rep repeated. So the shaming is just deeply ingrained in us mm. because we like to associate uh, consequences with an action, an action that someone started, yeah. right? right? And it's something you, ha you have to do your inner work. Mm. Uh, you have to go through some form of deconstructing yeah. to unlearn patterns, to undo things you have been taught over the years. Mm. Um, the patriarchy too, you know? Yeah. Where men have rights to your body mm. and wh where did you think you were going? True. And doing that because even we, as women, we, we, we are gatekeepers, yeah, right? We, we tend to propagate the narrative even more. And we shame you yeah. for saying something, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so this is, this is something that's deeply ingrained. And well, as professionals, mm. we also think we have shed off those biases. Every once in a while, mm. they show up. Mm. Why? Because the messaging around sex sexual abuse, sexual mm. assault, mm. or anything we deem uh, shameful. There's some messaging that we're given at any given time. Mm. It's subliminal, but True. we still take it in, yeah. uh, whether unconsciously or knowingly. Mm. And then it runs around, and every once in a while, you find yourself asking, where were you? Mm. But what were you doing? What were you doing? Why uh, were you out at that time? Um, why were you alone at Why that did you time? lie to me that you were elsewhere, mm. you know? We say all these things, but even as professionals, I have seen people question patients mm. um, right after an assault. Mm. 
um, and and the perpetrator is there. They're the one paying the bills. Yeah. They've come around. Yeah. Nobody's saying something. Yeah. Uh, and they say, but he's the one paying the bill. Mm. Can't you just resolve mm. this? They just, in fact, we minimize. We, we are guilty of minimizing it. the experience. We, we minimize it, and then, uh, you know, we want to also grade these things. Mm. Uh, it's it, it, it can be that horrible if all I did was quiz your boobs, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, or we say, we come and ask you, did penetration happen? Yeah. So what are you reporting here? Yeah, exactly. So right? is that really assault? That's and then question. we shame you for exaggerating. Mm. That's the thing. And yeah. it's, so, it's actually so unfortunate, but you've brought up so many different layers and I want us to address mm. them one by one. But I'll start us off with uh, an experience shared by one of the audience members. Mm. Um, they've allowed me to share this anonymously, so I have consent to share okay. the story, but keep the, the identity anonymous. Mm. And it's the, the question or the it came around because of this discussion we were having around the culture of shame in various aspects mm. of our lives. And specifically for her, it was because of being a sexual assault victim. Mm. So she says, um, I was shamed for experiencing sexual assault. And when I opened up, I was made to feel like I led my perpetrator on. That's mm. how she says it. Mm. I was accused by relatives of leading this person on and blamed for not standing strong and for allowing it to happen. Mm. My experience was minimized. It was thrown out of the window and I was told to move on as people have experienced worse by other relatives. So why am I any different? Mm. The shame affected my confidence and self-esteem and up to date, I second guess myself when making a lot of decisions, especially around relationships. Mm. It also made me feel like I was or I'm not enough. Um, my self-worth took a big hit till today. Mm. The experiences have also made me a very defensive person and I always struggle to share and I need to justify my actions before I can actually follow through with them. Mm. I, when I got assaulted again a few years back, I made sure not to tell anyone in my family because I was not ready to be re-traumatized again. I had learned my lessons from the previous time and I learned them well. Mm. Sexual trauma barely has any room in being addressed, especially in the African setup. What are your thoughts there? <sighs> that is there are layers like there. 20 different things we mm. need to uh, mm. break down. First of all, um, I hope the person who wrote this is mm. seeking therapy. Mm. So that's, one, that's one of the good things, because I did ask, how did you cope? Do you need help? And all of that. And she said, at least my, one of my biggest lifesavers was therapy. And so she's, even as she's sending this in, it's mm. from a better place now. Okay. Yeah. And, and it takes years. And, yeah. Yeah. and it's, a, it's a deliberate lifestyle change and True. choice True. to carry through because it might be a lifelong uh, process mm. uh, you know in healing it's not like we arrive True. you There's just no such thing as now I'm healed yes <laughs> unfortunately but she has brought up uh, something interesting and before I go there you know most victims mm. uh, for some reason might experience trauma again and again mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. an assault over and over. over, and over yeah. So then they also have complex PTSD, mm. which one of the things that's really un unaddressed in sexual trauma is the occurrence mm. of mental illnesses mm -hmm. 
that follow you through life. Right. I have seen people uh, get diagnosed with uh, depression, mm. anxiety, mm. bipolar, mm. like all these things as you speak, chronic illness, autoimmune diseases, mm. it's because of the trauma mm. and how their bodies just and their minds couldn't cope, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then who gets to carry that? Mm. You, because you, yeah. society abandoned you. Yeah. So then you're trying to cope with that mm. as an individual and it's already too heavy. Mm. That's one. But then with the re-traumatization, a lot of victims start to feel as if they have a neon sign up mm -hmm. here that mm -hmm. says, assault me, assault mm -hmm. me, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to slip into that um, victim mode where you're no longer uh, trying yeah. even to seek help, mm. one, or get treatment, mm. or like pick up. You feel like you're not deserving. Yes. You've actually given up on, this is my reality now. And because predators, predators, want to count on the fact that you will not be believed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They will do this again. Yeah. They will tell other people. Mm. And this is why the culture of silence does nothing for us, mm. right? Yeah. So you can imagine this person being assaulted again mm. and having to carry that burden alone or having many questions. True. Yeah. And as she's saying, she's second guessing herself in mm. relationships. Mm. And then you enter a relationship and you tell that story and uh, I've had people tell me, a few boyfriends have told me I'm damaged goods, mm. right? Right. Uh, right? And when I didn't want to have sex, they said things like, but you've done this before, mm. as if you did it willingly, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's a complex burden that people have to bear, mm. but I'd like for people to understand that the more we ignore this menace, the more we have to deal with an individual's life being completely ruined. True. Uh, and this individual carries so much mm. with them. Yeah. And what they might have been to society had somebody stepped in and protected them gets lost. True. Right? True. Yeah. And then we have individuals with high functioning anxiety and high functioning whatever else mm. because they have to get by mm. because they're not going to go back home. Yeah. So they spend all their time working hard mm. because I can never go back there. Yeah. It's not safe. It's not safe. Yeah. But then what happens when they crash? Mm. Right? Mm. Because it is coming. True. Pain True. will Pain. be felt one or the True. other. If you don't address it, it's still coming. And then again, those unhealthy defensive mechanisms. Correct. Because now you, you can't talk to anyone, you can't reach out, you don't have support, so now you build walls. Yeah. And you feel like this is the only way I'll be safe. But the same way we get injured in relationship, Claire, mm. Mm. is the same way we heal. We heal within relationships. Yeah. And not just romantic relationships. I mean within friendships, mm. in platonic relationships, in other communities, mm. religious, book clubs, whatever, yeah. uh, support groups, r right? right. Uh, joint therapy, family therapy. So when you feel isolated, then mm. what, yeah. right? Yeah. So you can see how this person is likely to encounter so many relationships, mm. some good, but end up being problematic True. because you, you, you're always working from a place of self-preservation. Mm. Then what's there for you? Yeah. So we cannot quite tabulate the cost mm. of sexual trauma, mm. but if somebody sat down and did the math, the losses, mm. they would leave us, you know, yeah. they would blow our minds. Yeah. Uh, but the sad part is, you know, sexual trauma alters an individual's life permanently yeah. for life. Yeah. And it's every really. aspect of their life. Yes. Yeah. You are... Um, 
you change in so many ways. Mm. You have flashbacks. I mean, even with healing, mm. it's not a question of if you'll ever be triggered again. Mm -hmm. It's when you will be triggered again. True. Because what happens when you watch news, mm. right? And yeah. there was a time people were shamelessly circulating videos of women being assaulted by, mm -hmm. by Matatu crew. Mm. And they would film it. You know, they've yeah. stripped and women. They post it. Exactly. They're doing everything. Yeah. So what do we do with trauma victims who cannot be protected from that content? Mm. I mean, media houses air written even, yeah, right? That's true. So their lives are permanently altered in yeah. that they can never be like people who've never experienced trauma before. Mm. However, you don't have to be stuck in that place. Mm -hmm. The same way we have PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. We also have post-traumatic growth, mm. which is something you can, you can learn to have. I mean, over time, as you work in therapy, mm. as you share with people, mm -hmm. as you get safe people to talk to, yeah. uh, as you find your own community of people who can sit and bear their hearts vulnerably and know that you're your story is protected mm. and is held with such dignity, mm -hmm. you find people who are willing to show you that they love you even with your less honorable parts. Mm. Because, I mean, she says her self-worth. Yeah, her self-worth took a big hit. It took a big hit. Yeah. So then what, what happens is that you start to see yourself as less deserving than mm. others. Mm. But even those less than honorable parts, they can still be loved. Mm. I mean, what part did you have to play here? Exactly. None. None. A predator so to you. is a predator. Yeah. They will look for someone in mm. a boy boy or, mm. you know, as long as they can a two sense year old vulnerability, baby. they will take advantage yes. of it. Yeah. So, what did the two year what was the two year old baby wearing? wearing was it the diaper that turned you on? What I was mean, it? I know, exactly. Right? Yeah. So, it's crude that communities do this, mm. but individuals heal within communities. True. So, when we ostracize someone, because believe it or not, that's what they did there. Mm they have kicked out somebody who was down mm. and this person may never know how to build community again because who am I going to who trust? Who am I going to trust? And she actually vocalized it. I never mentioned this. When the it second happened, time. Yeah, I never mentioned it oh, to this Claire, family. But you believe it. Yeah. If, if I come to I you mean, and you do that, how safe am I yeah, with you the second exactly. time? Exactly. There's no, there's no coming back from how you treated me the first time. But you see, eventually, people, she may need to confront mm. this. And I, I would like to know, for example, have people changed their minds? Have people educated themselves mm. about this? Mm. Did anybody take it upon themselves to learn right. yeah. and grow from that experience and look out for other children? Because mm. that predator is still in that community. True. Are true. we going to be protecting them forever? True, true. And in a lot of our um, actual community settings, like we're talking about, in informal setups or um, lower income settings, we actually hear of stories as the health mm. providers where families are compensated mm. with a small little fee mm. to just keep quiet about it, mm. cover this story up mm. and let's move it along. Sure. And so they drop charges and mm. they don't follow it through. That's another re-traumatization for the victim as well because not only did you know it happened to me, you forgave it for a certain amount of uh, something. You made a profit from it. Yeah, in Isn't fact, that what that's we'll even call worse. It? That's actually, because yeah. if this person comes and assaults me again, will he give you another 5,000 shillings? Is that how we are eating now? Yeah. Is that, are we now trading me? Is that, yeah. have I become a commodity in this household? And to know that people in government agencies have enabled this because mm. It is policemen, it is chiefs who will say, why don't you just settle, Let's it, settle here. it here? Yeah. What will be enough for yeah. you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's actually quite, 
that's as heavy as it gets. Because how do you then safely bring this person back into the family and who can they trust? Mm-hmm. And how do they heal? But also looking at the trajectory of their life, mm. what will they get into? True. What messaging are we giving them? Mm. Right? And we wonder, because again, you're saying there's a lot of transactional sex, but mm. this is the origin story because if you've shown me for a mm. fee, mm. we forgive. But when you work with commercial sex workers, Claire, a lot of them will tell you this is how it started out. Mm. That's true. Uh, mother gave me to a guy. Yeah. We, we had Skuma and Ugali that day mm. and then another day and mm. they don't know their lives outside of that. Mm. And even after you've worked so hard to rehabilitate, you see people going back to the streets after you've poured everything. Yeah. And it can be very discouraging. But the truth is, some people just see that mm. as their worth. Yeah. And you can see how your childhood can really determine a lot True. about True. your adulthood. Yeah, because the foundation is set at that time. And yeah. it can be quite tragic. True. Um, another side of the coin, because it's one of those where when we're talking about victimization and mm-hmm. assault, mm-hmm. we tend to focus on females. Yes. But we know it happens to men as well. No. Yeah. So maybe this is where I'll lean on you and your um, experience. Do you have any experiences maybe we can use as a case study to discuss around the male side of things mm-hmm. where men are actually reporting assault and how that is being handled? Mm. I think the one that has lingered with me over the years was uh, I was in a cab once, I was going to work, I was on the phone, mm. I think I was being consulted by a doctor mm. uh, because there was a patient who needed attention. Mm. It was a long drive, mm. uh, so I was heading there and I was being briefed and I was writing my notes and I was asking questions and as soon as I hung up, um, the driver tells me, what do you do for a living? Mm. And I tell him, I'm a psychotherapist. And then he said, you work with people who have been raped? And I said, yeah, I work with all sorts of people, but yes. Mm. And he says, oh, I, so can I tell you something? And he goes ahead and tells me about a time when he was raped. Mm. He tells me how on this particular day, he was invited by his friend mm-hmm. for drinks mm. somewhere in the city. You know, they hang out joints mm-hmm. are many. And he, he, he lives in the periphery of the city, so right. not in Nairobi. So he drove a long way mm. to come and hang out with a childhood friend. Mm. And the childhood friend came with another friend. Mm-hmm. And they drank. And um, so they put uh, mchele. Mm-hmm. I, at this point, I'm, I'm not even sure what the English term for <laughs> it is, but... Yeah. Uh, he was roofied. Yeah, yeah. That's the word, right? So basically right? the day trip drug yes. of whichever kind, yeah. And he blacked out. Mm. Then he wakes up somewhere, again in the periphery mm. of this city, far from where he came from, mm. uh, naked, in bed with two women. And that's when he realized, because he blacked out. Yeah. They carried him and he asked, what happened? They mm. said, yeah, you blacked out, we took you home, but we had a good time. Uh, and he says, you know, he was still erect and all that. And he went home, mm. stayed for some months, did not know what to make of this story. Mm. And then one day asked to meet this friend. Mm. And this friend uh, just said, you know, I've been looking for a baby. I didn't know where to go. What? Right? 
and and he couldn't handle so he goes home um and then days later he went to a police station mm. again periphery of the city mm. goes to the desk was happy to find a woman mm. at the desk yeah tells his story mm. and the lady sat there staring at him and he didn't know it was really awkward mm. and then she laughed and laughed and said wait here went back brought some other lady cops he said please tell them this tell the story you know we'll take a statement but tell them yeah. the story he tells the story and they laugh and laugh and laugh right and they go and call now other cops in the station so he's become you know the, no, entertainment, the entertainment of the day, of the day. Yeah. and he's still trying to he's grappling with a lot mm. and the cops basically made fun of him told him to go home like you got free sex some of the sentences were wewe ni mwanaume aina gani you know loosely translated right. like what kind of man are you yeah that why is this even a thing like why would you even be here right you should have enjoyed yourself and kept quiet with this story and um he came the next day to write the report mm. and they told him to go home so they didn't take the report now So he told me for months he couldn't leave his house. Mm. Uh he was depressed, he couldn't do anything. And like a year after that they sent him a picture of a baby and say you're a daddy now. You can't be serious. I'm so serious like this is not a made up story. So I do remember asking him about the police station and I gave these details I think at one of the UN conferences where we go for mm. SGBV mm. uh asking someone from IPOR and the the oversight authority there's a police mm. oversight uh what what like what do you do when there's been misconduct like that mm. because I mean I didn't take his details he didn't want to give his details mm. and all that it was just a story mm. but Claire I know that story too often mm. I hear it in mm. therapy I mm. hear it in other places yeah but i was deeply ashamed of our society mm-hmm. you know we in the rise of all these and while we have made advances with feminism and all that we still have biases we mm-hmm. hold mm-hmm. uh we don't think a man can be raped mm-hmm. but so many men are getting raped in this city the world over but in true, this city true. in this country mm-hmm. and they dare not say anything mm-hmm. by women by fellow men yeah. uh, uh they'll come to hospital they give false d- details, details of how they got their injuries yeah. but then when they come to the uh counseling or psychotherapy area yeah. their stories are totally different mm. which of course you know you're drawing out of them because you want to understand how best true, to help true but the th- the fear is if people find out then they'll think I'm not a man. Mm. In fact, recently I was listening to a man telling a story where the grandfather every morning asked them, "Are you a man or a mouse?" Are you a man or a mouse? Well, okay. And later when he was raped, that was the question. Are you a man or a mouse? Get over this. Right? That's intense. So yeah. it happens a lot. Yeah. And I think society needs to be educated about this as well mm-hmm. because there's so many of our brothers mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. sitting in shame and silence, mm-hmm. wasting away in depression, not knowing how to uh provide uh to 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 have relationships yeah. and get help because yeah. 
who will do who this will, safely yeah, for yeah. them? Who can I go to if even at the police station I'm not taken seriously? Because yes. again, that's the highest authority. Which you know, to, that to really freaked on. me out because yeah. I was like, oh, really? We, we can do that? At po- I know, I know yeah. they do that to women a lot. Yeah. They yeah. tell you, is this what you are wearing? Yeah. Go home. Yeah. Um, but then to see a man struggle with all this, I know he never got any help and still did not want to come forward for any help really broke my heart and that story stayed with me. Mm. I remember speaking to somebody, to people in those places about it mm. and, and they just said, you know, he can come forward. Mm. Maybe we can do something about this. Yeah. But I did not have any details of right. this person. Yeah. 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 And it's unfortunate that it would take a third party to intervene. For yes. Because even now I was done. like, I know people, maybe, yeah. can we? Yeah. Which is um, unfortunate. It should just be a straightforward, because we look at um, sexual assault as an emergency mm. in medicine. It's a yes, medical emergency. Course. If you come into hospital, you don't even queue. You come straight to straight. the doctor and we take care of you immediately. Mm. The fact that you can't even report, that. you can't even get the basics, or you don't know what to do, you don't know how to go about it, or mm. when I do get brave enough and come in, mm. you shame me further. There's a lot of medical help mm. he could have received. Yeah. Uh, there were tests that could have been run on him. True. He could have received PEP. True. Right? True. He could have received physiotherapy or mm. there's so much he could have received yeah. away from the issue. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, as a as a consequence, I mean, if, if I'm having a baby, I don't there was no protection. True, yeah. Yeah. Then what? Mm. There's plenty he could have been helped with. Yeah. And I'm sad that he couldn't even have that. Mm. But I do hope wherever he is he got it. It's just that that story stayed with me mm. and that's just a metaphor for yeah. what it is for men yeah. out here as well. Mm. And we need to do things to educate. Uh, I mean, I have seen, there is a guy on social media, his handle is Ritz Poet. Mm. I think his name is Onyango or somebody. I'll try and remember. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Ricks. <laughs> I know <laughs> your name. You baptized him. <laughs> um, he runs a, th- a thing for trauma amongst right. men, and right. it's a program. It's a whole. He he works in mental health. That's fantastic. It's a program. Uh, uh, I'll get you his handle. Yeah. It's a program. He sees men with uh, sexual trauma, and uh, gives uh, therapy for that. Mm. Yeah, and groups and trains trains people on how to handle men. Mm. I think it's a very beautiful thing actually, that he's doing that's, that. That's so progressive and mm. it's so necessary it as is, well. It is. Um, so we know that here in Kenya, especially now for us in mm. Um, mm. healthcare, mm. we actually have very good guidelines when mm. it comes to the national guidelines mm. on what we're supposed to do mm. when it comes to handling victims and survivors of sexual assault or yeah. sexual trauma. Yeah. And it's pretty much something that we're taught, like for us, it's in training during um, gynecology that you know how to handle, you know what kind of forms you need to fill in, you know mm. how to look after the patient, what kind of samples to take, mm. how to look after injuries and yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, the thing that surprises me is, bec- is that from conversations I've had with people, mm. apparently we are guilty of traumatizing victims mm. even further mm with how we handle them. Mm. And you mentioned it at the beginning. It's about personal biases. Yes. And we really do cause injury to the people coming in. Mm. Maybe let's address that for a bit because it, it breaks my heart, like mm-hmm. you said. Mm. We're talking about the police and there are instances mm-hmm. where you go in to see and report the case, but mm. then you're manhandled. But mm. then if you're also coming in where you need to get care and you're manhandled there, mm. 
where where do you go? Where can you go? So in terms of healthcare and healthcare practitioners, mm. would you give us a bit of direction? Because we also have to remember a lot of our training is very physical based. Mm-hmm. It's about looking after the physical. I'm supposed to repair injuries, collect certain specimen, blah, blah. But there's not much in terms of the psychological mm. support. There's not much taught about how I should talk to the victim, mm. how I should ask the questions, how mm. to get consent, because mm. that's another one. You, yeah, can, true. you can re-traumatize someone true. just by touching them without asking for yeah. consent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So um, maybe a bit of your point of view when it comes to healthcare providers manhandling okay. uh, victims. Okay. So number one, yes, I, I listen to that. Mm. Uh, when you talk about your training, mm. I fault our system, our education system, mm. because a lot of doctors tell me, you know, it was just mental health 101, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So dip your toe. Like counseling, <laughs> whatever. And yeah. someone, actually a doctor said to me the other day, I always wondered, what is wrong with these people who go to do their MED in psychiatry? Mm. Like, what is it? What extra is that? And then now (laughs) that I'm in a crisis, I'm like, why didn't I do this? Mm. Right? Mm. Because it didn't seem like a thing that happens to we as doctors. Doctors, of course, yeah. Yeah. Why? Um, The training, I I do hope that in future the training will change Mm. and that uh, the modules will linger into mental health. Mm. But first and foremost, as a doctor, you need to be trauma-informed so that you can give trauma-informed care. Mm. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. It means that for every patient who comes to you, uh, cold, sexual assault, whatever, assume that that patient has a history of trauma from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So in how you handle them, you have to handle them with care. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what kind of day you're having. Mm -hmm. Step aside, pull it together. Mm treat that patient as if they came from somewhere where they had experienced trauma before. And as we know, a lot of people do have medical trauma, right? That's actually the most common. You're the third opinion because of how they were handled elsewhere. There you go, right? Uh, So what does that mean? It means shift from asking somebody, you know, or asking yourself, what's wrong with this person? Mm -hmm. Shift from that to what has happened to this person, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And the moment you ask what has happened to this person, Mm. then you have answers that can help guide you in how you're going to care for them. Mm. So number one, in how you ask questions, you're not re-traumatizing them. Mm -hmm. You're not just asking, where were you? What happened? Where were you? How come you don't have a physical injury? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a way some doctors might shout at patients or say things that are very insensitive Mm. to a vulnerable person Mm. at that time that might interfere with the quality of care and compliance from the patient Mm. to follow through with care, isn't it? Because what's the point of seeing a doctor if they're also being judgmental right Mm -hmm. now? Mm. So ensure you have enough awareness and educate yourself about especially trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, not trauma in the medical sense because how you again, define yeah. trauma True. and how That's I define trauma, definition. different things, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's an injury, we repair, mm. we get out of there. Mm. But you, you see psychological trauma is more than that. Mm. You have, this person is injured in ways that a band-aid or a stitch wouldn't help, True. right? True. So you have to have enough awareness and educate yourself on how to approach people, mm. right? Do not re-traumatize the victim. True. If the victim is wanting a person of their gender in the room during the checkup, mm-hmm. during the collection of specimen, mm-hmm. please honor that. True. 
if the vi victim is needing a female physiotherapist, for example, mm. honor that. Mm. You don't have to put them through the whole ordeal of dealing with somebody who is triggering them mm. and reminding them of what has happened to them. It is very, very inconsistent. Yeah. Obtain consent. Mm -hmm. Don't just say we have to do this. And actually, it's a re legal requirement. It's a legal requirement. Any specimens or samples that you collect without consent are not admissible. No, in court. they are not. So you actually do need written informed consent. We have seen unethical practitioners, though, do their mm. own stuff and even inform family members before telling you about exactly, it, right? Yeah. And you still had your faculties. Yeah. It's not like someone was making the decision for you. Mm. So obtain consent, mm. let it be verbal read it out, mm -hmm. then let it be written. Mm -hmm. If they want to go through it, let them go through it. Yeah. Let them understand what medical care you're going to give. Mm -hmm. Let them understand what that is going to look like, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So if I'm going to have to put you on that, what do you call that table? The, yeah, the gynae. Putting the, the legs <laughs> up there and yeah. putting cold speculums and mm. you haven't told them what to expect. This is a whole reliving of what they've just come from. There you go. That's what you have to remember. So then they also start to associate medical care with mm -hmm. the trauma that they've uh, they've gone through, mm. and then um, ask ask if they need someone from the same gender mm -hmm. examining them, and then be unconditionally supportive. True. We have our biases. Mm. We spoke about that, where it's a commercial sex worker. Mm. Then we treat them a certain way, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, we also have biases from people who are different. Mm. So if your sexuality is different from what I have been taught, yeah. because, you know, it's only correct if it's heterosexual, mm. and then someone comes, they're trans or, or they're a lesbian or mm. whatever, and you go ahead and discriminate mm. or handle them in a different way because they are differently different. bodied from mm. you are. Mm and then you, you refuse them the care that they need mm. and you further traumatize them. True. So shedding our biases, mm. it's a very important thing. We have to check ourselves every day. Mm. You and I included, mm. right? That's true. We have to see where the gaps are, yeah. what we are yet to learn about. You actually have to catch yourself in the moment. A lot. Because a lot of times a patient will walk in and we are very expressive these days with our hair and you know your makeup is a certain way or dressed a certain way. Mm. I can't, I have to check my bias at the door. As at you sit door. down, I need to shut it down and be like, this is a human being. There you go. It doesn't matter what, how they are presenting, this is a human being this and it's my job to look after them. And it's my job to also get a bit of your social history mm. so that I can understand where you're coming from, mm. so that I can know what to offer you. True. We see people coming from different religions. Mm. Mm -hmm. They, they see the world differently, yeah. and even medical care has to be given differently. Yeah. Other people will come, uh, they belong to a religion or a sect where, for example, they don't do blood donations. Mm. We need to learn to respect uh, uh, survivors' wishes and yeah. respects, uh, um, requests. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And their choices mm. in treatment. Mm. This is something we have to actively remind ourselves. True. Uh, because it's your way or it's the way it is, it's the guideline. Yeah. I need to educate you on why it needs to be different, but also be a safe person. Mm. Be a safe person as a doctor. Yeah. Let me know that I can say something and you're not going to do something that will make me feel more violated mm -hmm. or judged in this moment. Mm. And you know, we ask people, would you prefer to talk to a male or a female, right? Mm. What are your immediate needs mm -hmm. as a doctor? Ask mm -hmm. that. Have you eaten something today? Mm -hmm. Can we get you something to eat? Mm -hmm. 
if it's in an inpatient facility or a place where there's food, uh, when was the last time you slept? Mm -hmm. Because after trauma, people do not sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, if a Boda Boda rider was who violated you, the sound of Bodas roaming it's in the city, and it's you. everywhere. Yeah, and it's everywhere. It triggers you, yeah. right? Yeah. Have you felt dangerous or unsafe since you arrived here? Mm -hmm. Why? Is mm -hmm. it the guard? Does the guard keep opening your door, pulling mm -hmm. your curtain? Mm -hmm. You need to tell us so that mm. we can also inform the people working in this facility because True. this is highly collaborative. True. The chef and the guard, they're mm. all part of this team and they need to know, handle that person with care mm. without really going into details, mm. right? Um, is there anyone we can call on your behalf? Mm -hmm. Is there anyone we can ask to come, mm. right? We need to say that. Uh, can you tell me what makes you feel safe? Mm -hmm. What's making you feel unsafe right now? Mm. As healthcare providers, we have a duty to our patients mm -hmm. to ensure that we don't further re-traumatize them and we treat them with so much dignity mm -hmm. and a level of sanctity because mm -hmm. every life is precious, isn't it? True, true. Mm -hmm. um, then we look at now the aspect of, we've talked about the biases mm -hmm. that we all carry internally. Now we look at society and shaming victims and survivors. What, from your professional standpoint, how do you think we can address this more directly so that we have less of this happening? Because unfortunately, there are people who will come up and say, well, you see the problem with victims and calling us and saying that we're victim blaming is there are some people who will lie. There are some people who will come and fabricate a story and mm. say they were assaulted and it wasn't actually true. And so mm. if you're asking me to believe everyone, if you're asking me to sit back and not judge anyone, then... I mean, there's those mm -hmm. limitations as well. Mm -hmm. So again, it, that in itself is a whole nother. <laughs> the false reporting, the yeah, issue of false reporting. Yeah, that's a whole reporting. nother issue. Yeah. But then what do you think we need to do as people, individuals in these communities, in these villages, in this mm -hmm. society of ours, where we can do better and make it a bit safer and easier for someone who's gone through um, an assault or any any sort of violence of, or violation because again there's so many categorizations mm. there's intimate partner violence mm. there's uh, gender-based violence there's so many different categorizations yeah. how can we do better how can we handle them better all right um did you want to tackle the false reporting or do we we'll, 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 we'll come we'll, we'll come, come back there. to it yeah. yeah so with community um the issue is um people don't put enough effort to understand exactly what it is to mm. be traumatized mm -hmm. or what sexual violation looks like, mm. right? Um, if I come and say, my husband raped me, mm -hmm. what will people in my community tell me? Exactly. Like, how like, can your husband rape you? How can you, you use the word husband body, and rape in the your same body sentence? <laughs> belongs to your husband exactly. or your boyfriend <laughs> or whoever is, you know, you're sleeping with. Yeah. Um, there are so many traditional values mm -hmm. that are still so archaic. Mm. I mean, I, I still know that there are places where beating your wife is okay. Yeah, it's normal. It's a, mm. yeah, I'm showing you some love mm. and injury. If I didn't love process. you, I wouldn't hit you. I wouldn't be doing this. Exactly. I tell you to go back to your mother. Crazy. Right? <laughs> yeah. We still have uh, a lot of religious and traditional biases. Mm. You know, we did it, uh, address them earlier. Yeah. But then offer support, mm. right? Basic needs first. Mm -hmm. This victim... Have they eaten? Mm -hmm. Do they have a safe place they can sleep? Mm -hmm. Do they have medical support, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is there a clinic in the village where they can be attended to? Mm. Basic needs first. Mm -hmm. Ensure that the person has been taken care of mm -hmm. and they're feeling safe, mm. right? Yeah. Safe and not judged in the moment. Mm. Whatever you think happened, 
first believe the victim. Mm -hmm. Let's first take care of the victim. We can deal with other things later. Mm -hmm. Also, groomers exist in society. Mm -hmm. And we know them, mm -hmm. and we said nothing. True. And year after year, we have a True. number of people who've been molested, violated, killed, maimed. Mm. Groomers, they do exist mm. amongst us. Mm. We also know the rapists, yeah. especially true. in the smaller uh, rural places, yeah. in, in, in estates. Mm. People know. Mm. They won't say anything. However, it is my duty, you and I, everybody, if you see something, say something, see something. speak up. Mm. Your voice, it's your most powerful tool. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. It's your most uh, powerful tool. Mm. And if you, if you keep silent, right, and if you keep these secrets, we continue to be sick as a society. True. Right? True. Uh, you need to know that the individual is the holder of the heart mm. of that society. Mm. If that individual is injured, everybody is injured. Yeah. It's a ticking time bomb. True. Okay? True. So if you see something, say something. Again, address your biases. We spoke about that. Mm. But the other thing I would say is engage men and boys. Stop telling women how to dress, mm -hmm. how to not provoke men. Mm. Right? True. Stop telling them how to not be flirtatious. Mm -hmm. Stop you seducing. Know? You are Wearing your big hair. Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? Your big eyes. Without me. Oh. Hmm? What is it's that? It's so unfortunate. Right? Yeah. Because engage. all the teachings are female facing. They yes. tend to be that it's we're going to correct your behavior because your behavior and how you limit it's yourself triggering them. is what makes, you know, they are out of control. They have no ability to control themselves. You there have you to go. change how you behave. Which is very tragic, mm. don't you think? It really is. Right? So especially with JBV, SGBV, it is not a woman's problem. Mm. It is a man's problem. Mm. It is largely a male problem. Mm. Okay? And we need to engage boys and men. But if you're in a position of power mm. and, and, and policy, right? Yeah. Make sure you strengthen the legal framework and mm. the law enforcement. Mm. Say, mm. say something, protect the vulnerable. Uh, advocate for laws that help with mm. that. Mm. But participate in education, in awareness, in these campaigns. Mm. I think every community, community ought to have their own to keep people safe. True. We have seen communities where only women are allowed. Like women went and formed their village. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right? You yeah, saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, somewhere yeah. in northeastern yeah, Kenya. Yeah. They what happened safer. there? They felt safer. Yeah. And we're not looking to isolate ourselves because we need each other. True. But True. to get to that extent, that should tell you something, mm. right? Yeah. Um, but for the groomers, mm. don't let them. Don't let them thrive. Mm. If you know something, say, say something. something. Yeah. 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 But accept the victim unconditionally. Mm. Don't make them work for acceptance mm. or for uh, make them have to tweak things to be believable. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. accept them unconditionally. True. Mm. And then finally, because today specifically we're tackling the shame aspect, mm. I definitely want to have you on again now mm. because we'll have to address the tools mm. that are available in Kenya for victims, for survivors. Mm. But today I want to just focus primarily on the shame and destigmatizing. Um, and breaking down those those biases that we usually will have. Mm. Finally, when we're talking to specifically the mm. victim, the mm. survivor, mm. how can we, what, what advice would you have for them in terms of how during the healing journey, mm. what to look for, especially so on the psychotherapy mm. side when mm. it comes to mental health support? What should they be aiming towards or um, focusing and trying to help with themselves in mm -hmm. terms of, because there's, there's that element of if you don't allow yourself to 
feel everything that you feel if you don't allow yourself to go through the journey of healing mm. as painful and as crazy as it will be mm. you end up like we've said with circumstances where you have a helplessness and a loss of self-worth mm. that makes you even higher of a target yeah. when it comes to re-traumatization mm. isolation true mm. so what advice would you have for somebody who has found themselves a victim or has managed to come through and is considering themselves a survivor mm. number one, you know first things first mm. as with the psychological first aid mm. let's make this physical as well mm -hmm. okay take care of your physical body mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. that body will carry you through a lot of things we've mm -hmm. seen human bodies are capable of anything True. they'll survive anything True. so take care of that body what do you need and mm -hmm. the most basic things is eat mm -hmm. just put something in your stomach mm -hmm. You don't even have to go and do the whole pyramid and pick vegetables mm -hmm. and put Just something put in something, your body. Yeah. Eat something, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Just nourish yourself a little bit, mm -hmm. okay? And then sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, when you sleep, you're able to regulate your mood when you've rested. Mm -hmm. You're able to see things clearly. Mm -hmm. You're able to uh, reconstruct your memory. We take sleep for granted. Mm -hmm. But sleep is half the job done, yeah. right? In yeah. recovering mm. with your physical body. Hydrate, mm. move your body, bask mm. in the sun. Keep warm, mm. okay? Mm. So take care of your body first, mm -hmm. all right? Then the other thing is identify non-abusive allies. Mm -hmm. People in your space who are safe, mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally and physically. People yeah. who, when you break down, when you cry, when you need to say something, when you're blaming yourself, mm. all that, now it's not the time to go to where people are going to say things that are insulting True. and triggering to you. True. Identify people who can walk this journey with you, mm. all right? Are they friends? And you know, also family. Mm. You know, family needn't be biological, Claire, True. True. right? Yeah. You can form your own family, and that's the privilege we get to have yeah, as adults. That's true. Is that you collect your people and you, you know, mm. you set Create them. Your and little, I call it creating your bubble and creating your go. village. Yeah. <laughs> Choreograph, but it works, yeah, right? Yeah, true. Identify those allies. Mm. Those are the people who will walk with you through this journey. Mm. But then don't turn away from community, mm -hmm. whatever your community looks like, whether colleagues, whether your actual community where you come from, your mm. clans, your family. Don't turn away from community. Mm. Turn towards them. Mm -hmm. Let them weep with you. Let them grieve with you. Let them help you. Yeah. Let them attend to you. Mm. It's very important that you do not do this alone. Mm. Keep up with medical care. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. going to be very important yeah. because I don't know, uh, sometimes people find that they were pregnant mm. or that they got an STI, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. A lot happens during rape because... Uh, you know, you are violated. You are violated protect. It was yeah. not you yeah. choosing to be, uh, consent to this and then protect True. yourself. True. So keep up with medical care, whatever that looks like. Mm. Important. Healing cannot be rushed. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Um, everyone heals differently. Mm. You cannot give yourself a timeline and say, I was raped yesterday and Claire, by December 31st, I will be brand new and shiny. Back to my normal no. self, in fact. It is, a, better. it is a lifelong journey yeah. and we never arrive. The journey is the destination. Mm. Where I arrive today is good enough. Mm. Where I arrive tomorrow, there will be more growth. Mm. We keep moving forward. Some days you fall back. Relaxing. Some days you'll be re, re, um, re-triggered. Yeah. Something random will trigger you and you have to or actually another give trauma yourself. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. But then the thing is, healing is a choice you get to make. Mm -hmm. You work on it, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and 
and and more so not just physical yeah nothing beats having psychological and mental healing right yeah and don't ignore your pain eventually it will rear its head mm -hmm. and it will demand to be felt mm -hmm. and it will send you back to the original mm -hmm. symptoms mm -hmm. so when it shows up do something mm -hmm. don't wait for it to remind you yeah it can stop your body you mm -hmm. know yeah. body stop mm -hmm. I do find people yeah. in hospital and one day the body stopped or they looked like they had a stroke. Mm. It wasn't a stroke. Mm. It will stop you. Mm. So don't ignore it. When it comes, attend to it. Whatever that looks like, attend to it. And another thing I'd want you to remember is that triggers are all around you. True. All right? Mm. Create space for dealing with that. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Know that they will happen. Someone will honk at you and it will remind you of the border rider. Mm -hmm. Someone will bang on your door. Mm -hmm. There's so much that goes on. Yeah. Make space for them mm -hmm. because they will come, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you have to make a conscious decision to get well. That one is all up to you. Right. It is a consistent lifestyle choice. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's worth every minute mm -hmm. if you put up, keep up with it. Yeah. And then what do you need in this recovery journey? Mm -hmm. What will aid you in healing? Is mm -hmm. it community? Is it family therapy? Over the last few weeks, I have been engaged in family therapy mm -hmm. almost every weekend, right. dealing with families of um, survivors of sexual assault. Right. And it's been heavy, it's been hard, yeah. it's been painful just watching that, but so beautiful watching a family come, come to their together. realization. Mm. And ask questions like, what did you need? Mm. What do you need right now? Mm. How can we help you? How can I, That's as your father, so step beautiful. up? Yeah. And you know, seeing that in the African setting, I'm like, this That's, exists. I know. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and I, as a facilitator, they are sitting there and thinking, oh my God, I need to contain myself. Mm. But it's tears of joy. The yeah. realization that, that an individual mm -hmm. can be embraced in family mm -hmm. and can be understood finally. Yeah. And the wheels of justice maybe can be set in motion. Right. That is a very good thing. But then we never quite arrive. I, nobody should lie to you that you will quite arrive mm. when it comes to healing. Mm. Choose conversation partners wisely. Mm -hmm. Choose people mm -hmm. who can walk this journey with you, who can have, who are not willing to look the other way yeah. when you bring up painful topics. Because these are topics in society we have to address. Mm -hmm. Right? And then... Get people who will help you achieve goals, mm -hmm. who will push you gently, mm. uh, who will not try to give you solutions and answers to this problem. Mm. They're just working with you. You said you want to graduate, they will work alongside you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So we need communities. I know True. people think you, know, you can work on this by yourself. Isolation is never a good thing. True. True. In Embrace fact, community. It, it makes the wounds fester there you much go. deeper and for longer. Because who do you go to? Yeah. And sometimes people know, they will tell you, I've been here. This is a roadmap. It's mm. not a template. Mm. But I just want to assure you that one day I did get to the other side. True. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we never quite arrive. Mm. If you have been there, it's a, it's a daily thing. It's a True. battle. True. But eventually you will see the results, the, the trauma... It doesn't feel less. You learn to mm -hmm. to make peace with that tragedy mm. and keep moving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's a powerful message. Mm. Um, like I said, this is such a big topic. Ooh, it's such heavy. a heavy topic. <laughs> heavy. Everybody needs like, to take a to breath. breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to take a breath. Um, mm. I think we definitely have to have a part two because it's impossible to discuss all the heaviness we just have mm. and then now go into the details of 
actual tools that are available. Yeah. So that's me telling you, prepare to come back. <laughs> I'll be happy to. And I'm really, really glad yeah. that you um, were able to come and join me today mm. to at least start to have this conversation mm. and to give people hope. Anyone who's gone through this or knows someone who has gone through this, at least I have an understanding that we're not... Um, ignorant of the fact that a lot of this is heavy on the mm. mental side and a lot of it is for us to unlearn and relearn True. and actually change I like that, change, our deconstruct. address deconstruct our biases mm -hmm. so that we can um, be there for any survivors or victims in mm. a better way mm. and for them to also not carry too much of the trauma and the stress and the mm. strain and to learn that Every single day, I'm making a decision to recover. Every true, day, true. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other, mm. and I can build a community around me that mm. helps me get through it. Yeah, you needn't walk alone. Exactly, mm. exactly. Mm. So I think I'll leave it there. Thank you, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So that then we'll pick up again soon. Um, we have all our details in the description. Please feel free to reach out. Like I said, in the comment section, you can also send messages, you can send emails, and we'll be able to probably tackle some of the comments or the questions that come up with the next episode that we have. Mm. Um, again, I'll also include resources because with something this heavy, with something that is this triggering, I'm very sure that we need to be able to figure out who can I talk to in the immediate mm -hmm. setup, how I'm feeling, I've been re-triggered, who can I reach out to? So I'll set up a few resources. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to share with me, then I'll yes. set that up in the description as well so that you know where to um, reach out to, go in for a visit, have a conversation. You can also talk to Moiré and set up for an appointment so that we... Again, we start to fix the wounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thanks again for joining. Um, I think we both need a strong cup of coffee after this. We do. And uh, <laughs> I will see you guys next week. Mm -hmm.